Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Tonight, we're continuing in our series. In fact, we are concluding a series tonight on our Wednesday evening midweek series. This has been a really good series. We've been answering a question, two questions. You know, what, what should we believe and what should we do in the face of several different things? Last week, we talked about divorce, and it was probably the most difficult message I've ever preached in my life. Uh, I, I poured out everything I had, and I wanted to go home and just cover up my head and just worry about how you felt. But I had preached on not worrying a little while back, so I couldn't do that. I just, Brother John, I don't know what to do. I don't preach myself in a hole. It's like painting yourself in a corner. What do you do? You just kind of got to, you know, listen to your own words and go for it. Uh, tonight, our Faith at Work series, we were talking about faith in the face of fear. We're going to be going in a moment to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31. Before we get there and while you're turning there, let me read to you 1 John 4, 18. And uh, listen to this key scripture, if you would. Uh, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Have you ever felt tormented? But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. You know, love is the way someone feels proven by the way they act. Now, that sounds a little bit direct, but that's the truth. Uh, love is the way a person feels, which is proved by the way they act. When we are loved with perfect love, there is no need for fear because we know that we will be treated perfectly. Does that make sense? We know that God loves us perfectly and his perfect love, of course, which we cannot measure up to, but we try to measure up to that. But if we want to measure up to God's love, if we want to love people like God does, if we can get closer and closer and closer, then the people we love will never have to be afraid of us because they know that we're going to treat them with perfect love and with the, with the best we have. Even when we may not agree, we're not going to hurt them. And if something happens like correcting a child, God, the Bible says that God corrects every child whom he loves. And so at times we speak rebuke or correction or instruction to others. And sometimes it hurts people's feelings. But when it is done out of the true love, then it is never an aim and never a joy that other people might feel hurt. But hurt is not the same as fear. When you get afraid that someone's going to hurt you, that's different. When someone makes you afraid is different. We're currently engaged in two series each week. On Sunday mornings, we've been talking and, and, and learning about how to identify and defeat the enemies of our soul. Specifically, we are focusing on six enemies. The enemy we'll look at this coming Sunday morning is the parasite. The parasite is that enemy that is bent on destroying the moral and the ethical and the social standards of a godly life. And we can see those enemies all around us that entice us and draw us into those moments of, of, of where there are no boundaries in life. Where there are, you know, uh, what we tolerate in one generation becomes the norm for the next generation. There is a point beyond which tolerance is a virtue. Oh, that's a, good, that's a good one. You could write that one down, but we'll talk about that Sunday. We are currently 
engaged in two different series and the series Sunday morning and the series on Wednesday nights. In our midweek series, we've been talking about a faith that works, faith, faith in the face of whatever we're looking at. And uh, in the next few minutes, we're going to answer these two questions that we've asked each week. What should I believe when I am facing fear? What should I do when fear comes and knocks on my door? What should I do? We've all been surprised with bad news. We've all been, uh, been, been threatened with uncertainties. We've all been tempted in life to be afraid. Health, money, Marriage, children, crime, violence, war, they all tempt us to be afraid at some point in life. However, the scriptures encourage us to put our trust in God, not to allow fear to overshadow us or to consume us. Fear wants to consume you. Fear wants to drag the life and draw the life out of you before anything happens. It's not the result of something having happened. It's the result of you being afraid it will happen or that it will happen again. God loves us perfectly and he is always by our side. However, those people without God, without the peace of God, without the joy of God, without the presence of God in their life, they do have a cause to be afraid. Jesus described the end times of the world like this in Luke 21 verse 26. He said there'll be a time when men's hearts failing them, they, men's hearts will fail them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Men without God will absolutely, it will shut their life down. They're afraid of what's going to happen. They're afraid of something that is coming and they have no place to put their trust. The Bible speaks of fear more than 400 times and more than 60 times the Bible specifically says, fear not. 63 times in the, in the uh, authorized version. Fear not. You see, fear freezes life. It freezes us. And it's, it's not the result of something having, hap having happened. That's something different, okay? Fear is a, a concern of something that is going to happen or something is going to happen again. Fear is a force that actively tries to pull us away from God, isolate us and destroy our productive lives. As I said, it's different than being hurt or disappointed or regretful. We must be strong in our faith and we must be courageous in our actions if we're going to properly address and defeat fear. Moses, for example, was a man in the Bible who was a very strong and a very courageous man. The people who followed Moses out of Egypt and across the wilderness for more than 40 years, these people knew that Moses was not afraid of anything. Moses would stand face to face with any enemy, including Pharaoh, a representation of Satan himself. Moses just went straight up to Pharaoh, stood face to face with Pharaoh and faced him down. Moses understood something. Moses knew the secret. The people saw Moses go up against every obstacle and against all odds. Moses led them for 40 years. They even saw Moses approach God. You know, when no one else would and everyone else was too afraid. 
and there on Mount Sinai, you know, there, was, there were thunderings and lightnings and the earth was shaking and there was a thick cloud of darkness and the glory of God and the voice of God was rumbling on the mountains. You know, Moses just stepped into that thick cloud of darkness. Boy, it takes something to step into the thick darkness. But he knew God was there. You can overcome your fear when everyone else is afraid, even when it might be that you need to step into some thick darkness. When you know God is there, when you know God is with you, Moses was definitely a man of great courage and strength. One of the reasons he was so courageous and so strong is because he knew God loved him. He knew that God loved him perfectly and he knew that there was no reason to be afraid when you're standing in perfect love. Moses knew what most people do not realize. You see, facing the enemies of this life is nothing when you compare it to facing God. Think about it. If you are not afraid to face God, you should not be afraid to face anything. If you can face God, you can face anything. Moses knew the secret of facing God. Moses had something. Moses knew something. Moses believed something. Moses experienced the presence of God like no one else had ever experienced the presence of God. And Moses understood the secret of being able to stand face to face with God in the thick darkness and yet still have perfect peace. Moses understood something that God's been trying to get us to understand for thousands of years. Something that Jesus tried to teach us. Even though Moses was strong and courageous, Moses could still not lead the children of Israel forever. Moses was just a man. And Moses understood that his time had come to an end. And he was going to have to pass the leadership of the children of Israel and the the goal that God had for them of going into the land of promise. Moses was not going to get to take them in. Moses brought them out, but God had intended for Moses to take them in, but the people wouldn't follow Moses. And so Moses understood that a change in leadership was necessary. He didn't necessarily like it, but he understood it was the will of God. And so Moses had a concern that the next leader was going to be successful. He wanted Joshua to be successful. And Moses knew the key. He knew the secret. We pick up on Moses at the end of his life in Deuteronomy chapter 31. The Bible says, beginning in verse one, then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also, the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. Verse three. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you. 
just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sion and Og, the king of the Amorites in their land, when he destroyed them. Verse 5, the Lord will give them over to you. He's talking to the children of Israel. The Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Verse 6, this is what Moses says to the children of Israel. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them because the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, be strong, Joshua, and be of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you, Joshua. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. So many times we have read Joshua 1.9, quoted Joshua 1.9. So many times we have it on our t-shirts and we should. Where God told Joshua, be strong and courageous and do not be afraid and don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Many times we read Joshua 1.9. But do you know that God was not the first one to tell Joshua that? Moses was. Moses told the children of Israel that, then Moses told Joshua that. Be strong, be courageous, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because God's with you. And then God told Joshua that. And then later on, the elders, if you'll read in Joshua, the first chapter in verse 18, the elders of Israel came and repeated it to Joshua. And they said, we also want you to know that you need to be strong and you need to be courageous. Boy, Joshua's getting it from every side. Moses tells him, and then God tells him, and then the elders tell him. And just a little bit later, you see Joshua telling the children of Israel the very same thing, and he's reminding himself, he's telling himself, listen, listen, guys, we do not need to be afraid. Evidently, Fear was this thing that was standing trying to keep the children of Israel out of their inheritance. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Joshua was rehearsing it to himself and others by the time we get to Joshua 10. (laughs) Uh, Why is it so important not to be afraid? Because fear freezes life. Fear stops us in our tracks. Fear can keep us from moving forward. Fear tries to rob us of our trust and our confidence. Not afraid in the sense that of reverence or respect. But fear that grips us and shuts us down. Not the kind of concern, not the kind of cautious, wise concern that makes us act wisely, but the fear that grips our heart. Fear can freeze us. Fear can incapacitate, immobilize us. Fear can render us useless. Fear can grip the heart and feel the mind and shut the body down. Some fears seem reasonable to a large group of people and some fears seem unreasonable. But if it's your fear, 
you know what it feels like. Some people are afraid to get out of doors. They're afraid to go outside. I had an aunt that lived, you know, a lot of her life in her house. Could not go out and buy groceries. Could not go out and, and interact in public. You know, she would come and visit my mom and dad. And then she'd have to go back home. She was afraid. It all, it, it, it seemed silly to all the rest of us when I was a little kid that they would talk about how my, my aunt was so afraid to get outside. And I thought, that seems silly. Well, other people's fears may seem silly to you. Clowns. Do you know some people are afraid of clowns? Some people aren't afraid of money or health. Some people uh, aren't, aren't afraid of uncertainties or unknowns of the future. Some people are. Fear grips the heart. It can feel the mind. And it can shut the body down. Moses was a man who did not allow bad news or uncertainties to stop him. Moses knew the secret of facing fear. It's the same secret that gave Moses the strength and the courage to face God, to step into the thick darkness, into the thunderings, and into the storm. It's the same secret that, that gave him the courage and the strength to stand up to Pharaoh. Remember, if we can face God with confidence, we can face anything. What is the secret that Moses knew that allowed him to face God? Moses knew that he was right with God. Glory. Wow. Come on now. I don't think we pay enough attention to some of these religious words. Like righteousness and holiness. Glory. I think these are still on the book somewhere. Somewhere I think they're still a part of God's plan for our lives. Somewhere purity is still a part of God's hope for his children. Somewhere when we lose purity or lose our righteousness or our consciousness of being right with God or we lose our holiness, somewhere we tend to not want to stand in front of God. And when you don't have the confidence to stand in front of God to approach your heavenly father and feel accepted in the beloved, then you also fall prey to several other fears in life. This righteousness which Moses enjoyed and the righteousness which you and I have opportunity to enjoy is a righteousness which comes by our faith in Jesus Christ and by our actions. Because we love him, we act a certain way. And that continues to make us right with God. And if we happen to act a wrong way, then we confess our sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The righteousness which we get is not our own righteousness. It's a robe of righteousness that is given to us because he, the righteous Christ, gave his life for us and he exchanged. He took our sin and we became his righteousness. He imputed righteousness to us. 
He imparted a righteousness to us. He gave us his robe of righteousness and he clothed us with a garment of salvation. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, we become right with God. And then as we walk through this life, it's important that we stay right with God by offering ourselves continually for his inspection, examination, and for our repentance. That gives us strength and courage. Without being right with God, I don't know that you can claim a lot of strength and courage. He'll never leave you and never forsake you. He'll be right there with you when you trip and fall into that ditch. (laughs) He'll be right there with you. Uh, he's not causing it to happen, but he's already let us know that he'll be with you whenever you spend more money than you make. But it's not his wisdom that you would do that. And if you'll go to him and let him know you're sorry and you'll do better next time, he will help you out of that and he'll help you get along. Hello. These are just some common things that God involves himself in in our lives. God's going to love you. He's going to take you to heaven. Whether you please him as much as you should or even if you fail. Eternal salvation is not based on what you do or don't do. Okay? Eternal salvation is based on a relationship with Jesus Christ because of the faith you have in him, because you've recognized you needed a savior, because you have repented of your sins, the sins that govern the soul and damn the soul to hell, and you have offered your life to Christ, and you have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Salvation is a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. It is a gift of God. That garment of salvation comes to us because of what he did, not because of what we do. But walking in this life, the Bible tells us that our robe of righteousness gets stained with sin. It gets spotted with the things that we should not do that God convicts us of and encourages us to change. We all know what is right and what is wrong. And at some point, if we want to stand courageous and victorious over those things like fear, worry, anxiety, frustration, turmoil, all uh, you know, uh, moral neglect, if we want to stand victorious, then we need to be able to stand in front of God. And that means we need to be repentant of our sins. Moses was right with God. There was a time when Moses was not right with God. There was a time when Moses was 40 years old. And when he lived in Egypt... And he went out and one day he saw some people arguing and he saw an Egyptian treating an Israelite bad. And Moses killed that man with his bare hands and buried him in the sand. And guess what? Moses was afraid. 
He was so afraid, he took off running from Egypt like some scared rabbit, and he ran from Egypt all the way through the Sinai, across the Negev, and went all the way up into the land of Midian and lived there for 40 years because he was afraid. And then he went to a burning bush. And the Bible says when the bush burned, the Bible says that Moses turned to see what this burning bush was, that it was burning and was not consumed. And the Lord saw that when Moses turned and went to the bush, the angel of the Lord, that is Jesus. Jesus was there in that burning bush and Jesus spoke out of the bush to Moses and Moses answered the call of God upon his life and submitted himself to the lordship of Jesus in that burning bush. And from that point on, you never see Moses afraid again because he understood that what a relationship with God, a right relationship with God, gives me the courage and the strength to stand up against Satan himself and even to stand in the presence of Almighty God, creator of the universe. Why? Because I'm right with him. It gave Moses the strength and the courage to stand up against all of the enemies they face in the wilderness in that Negev. It gave him the strength and the courage to even stand up against his friends and against his family and all the, those 600,000 of the Israelites that came out of Egypt whenever they were angry and wanted to stone him and wanted to choose a new leader. Moses stood firm in the eyes of God and never feared and never dismayed. He was never confused. He was never worried. He never lost it. He never went to pieces because he knew his salvation was right there with him. And every time he was saved. Psalms 27, 1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Answer, nobody. When the Lord is your light and your salvation, there's nothing to be afraid of. When you're right with God, there's nothing to fear. Not in this world and not in the world to come. <laughs> you know, sometimes you're just going to have to tell yourself, and God's right here with me. God, you're with me. I don't have to be afraid. Lord, I'm right with you. And if I can be accepted by this one who loves me perfectly, then that perfect love, whenever I feel loved perfectly by the perfect lover of my soul, what is there to be afraid of? <laughs> what? What could you do to me? That's what Jesus said. What can anybody do to you? Kill you? Don't worry about that. That's what Jesus said. What can you, you can't take my birthday away from me. What can you do? You know, you can't make a bushel of carrots out of me. God could. And that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, don't be afraid of people that can just hurt you and kill you, put you in the ground. You won't be afraid of something. Be afraid of the one that after you're dead, he could cast your soul into hell. Now that's the person you want to stand in front of right. Okay. <laughs> it's a small thing. The word says that we are judged by people. It's a very small thing when people, you know, want to make you afraid. <laughs> Bring it on. Peter talks about that. Don't worry about that. As long as you're right with God, Peter said. 
Now, if anybody suffers as an evildoer, Peter said, well, hey, you know, that's, that's understandable. But if you're right with God, then the spirit of God and the spirit of glory will rest on you whenever other people are trying to hurt you and make you afraid. He said, just don't let that happen. Don't worry about it. If you're right with God, he said, don't worry about it. Eh, ain't worried about that. I'm right with God. Now, that's not some self-righteousness. I'm right with God whenever you're living in sin. That's not some I'm right with God like you're kind of, you know, just, you know, faking it. You can't fake that stuff. Okay. Okay. When we're right with God, there's nothing to fear. Uh, providing you're born again, what are the answers to our questions tonight? Because if you're not born again, you have a lot of reasons to be afraid. I'd be afraid of everything. Yeah. Man one time told me, he said, look, uh, I, I, I don't want to get saved because I don't want to quit drinking beer. I said, listen, if, if I wasn't saved, I wouldn't just be drinking beer. I'd go out, boy, I'd, I'd go out and steal and rob and cheat. I'd, you know, I'd, woo, ain't no telling what I'd be doing. I said, in fact, I'm going to tell you what. I said, I, I think if you're not going to get saved, you ought to, woo, you ought to quit your job, go out there and just, you know, start stealing and, and lying and cheating because that's the best it's ever going to get. Get drunk, do drugs every day, because it ain't getting any better. Get born again. Get right with God. Number one, what should I believe in the face of fear? What am I supposed to believe? Well, 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So what am I supposed to believe in the face of fear? Huh. I'm supposed to believe it's not God. This isn't God. God's not the one trying to make me afraid. God's not the one trying to grip my heart and, and fill my mind and, and shut my body down. God's not trying to make me stay in or, or not get out or, or worry. God's not the one trying to do that. Fear that shuts us down and robs us of confidence is not of God. God loves me perfectly. He's not trying to make me afraid. What am I supposed to believe? Believe the word of God. Okay. Now, you may actually have to go to the Bible and see what it says. That may be a little journey, maybe a little, you know, study. You may need to get some help, ask somebody. But I promise you, the Bible speaks to the situation you're facing. It does. In fact, I, I'll, I'll make a statement. I, I, I haven't looked this. I haven't heard anywhere else. But I'm going to tell you that I believe that I can find, well, for whatever you're facing, I can find at least seven times that the Bible speaks to it. Okay, try me. Okay, well, try the Bible first, but then, you know, come on. We'll, I'll, I'll help you find seven pillars. The Bible says that a wise man builds his house on seven pillars. You can find seven words in the Bible for what you're going through and reasons why you don't have to be afraid and what God would, because you can believe the Bible. What am I supposed to believe? Believe the Bible. Trust God above those voices that are trying to, to make you feel afraid and freeze your life. You see, you are God's beloved, okay? And you don't have to be afraid. Now, again, I'm not talking about being hurt, being disappointed, or having regrets. I'm talking about that fearful looking of something that you're afraid is going to happen or afraid it's going to happen again. And that fear that speaks to you and grips you and tries to shut you down and tries to keep you from going forward, that, 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 that fear that, that freezes up life. 
What should I believe? Believe the word of God. Number two, what should I do in the face of fear? Be courageous and face the fear. Be courageous and face the fear. It takes some courage, by the way. And, uh, you know, you need to be able to tell that fear that it has to go. Just like Moses and Joshua and David and Peter did, okay? Uh, you need to act in faith. Don't, don't react to the fear as though that doing something opposite will prove you're not afraid. That's not the truth. Don't react to the fear and don't react, you know, uh, but rather act in faith. There's something you can do. There's something God wants you to do when fear comes to you. There's something that God wants you to do. You want to act in faith towards God and not react to the fear and not let the fear push you into doing something crazy, trying to prove you're not afraid, okay? Don't do that, you know. When my children were, 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 were small, occasionally they would be afraid at night, okay? Afraid of, you know, the dark, turning the lights out. Have anyone here ever had that experience in their family or friends or yourself that you just didn't feel comfortable in the dark? It happens at times. I have had the experience, wake up in the nighttime and feel like, oh, anybody ever feel that? Oh, you know, wow. I got up one time, shoved Brenda in the closet, got my pocket knife out, and I went looking for what was making me afraid in the dark. She jumped out of the closet. <laughs> I scared her. She started screaming. I ran back in the bedroom, and I said, I put her back in the closet. I said, you be quiet. You be quiet. There's somebody in the house. You be quiet. I don't want them to know I'm hunting them down with my pocket knife. <laughs> you don't want to the end of that story. I, I kicked open one of the bedroom doors, and there my brother-in-law and his wife had come in. They'd been drinking, and they were, they were falling out in the floor. <laughs> they were in the house, and they had come up with the lights off so that they wouldn't scare us. I'd have hurt my brother-in-law if I'd had a bigger knife, but it was one of those little, <laughs> I've, you know, everyone's had the experience probably of either waking up in the nighttime or, or being in a dark alley or, or, you know, uh, somewhere or, or a child. When my children would say, I'm afraid, do you know, I opened my ear to that like God opens his ear to us. I was studying uh, uh, these, these enemies at that time, you know, uh, around 1980 is my specific memory. And you know what I would do? I would turn on their light and leave it on all night if I needed to. Why? Because I'm not going to give any place to the devil to make those kids afraid. And we you know what I'd do? I would do this and they'd say, Daddy, I'm afraid. I'd go and turn that light on and I said, where are you now, devil? Where is he? Face this. Let's face this fear. Come on, get up. Let's look around. Yeah, ain't nothing here. Leave that light on. Let's see if Let's see if that fear dares to come back in, in, in the light because it won't. Don't, don't think leaving the light off is proving something, you know. And instead of saying, you know, I don't want to submit to the fear, make that fear submit to you. Cut it on. Now what you think, okay? Instead of laying there shaking, instead of putting up with the kids crying and screaming all the time, there's something you can do. Take the fear away. Does that make any sense at all? I promise you they'll get over it. Fear fades when you face it. Okay? And when you tell the fear, come here and face me now. Come on, devil. If you're really all that tough, come on. Get out here in the light. Let's see, 
Let's see how big you are out here. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is what you do in the face of fear. Everyone feels those temptations to be afraid. But don't let fear rule you. I'll, I'll ask you this question. What would you do if you weren't afraid? Well, do that. <laughs> what do you do in the face of fear? Well, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Okay, we'll do that. What do you do in the face of fear? Well, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Okay, do that. <laughs> okay, as long as it doesn't violate the word or the will of God. But do that. Somebody's out there saying, oh, I, I'd leave my wife. I wasn't so afraid <laughs> that she'd come, come and give me that left hook, you know. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about that, okay. <laughs> if I wasn't so afraid, I'd rob a bank. No, nope, don't do that, okay. As long as it doesn't violate the word of God. But when that fear comes to you, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Okay, do that. And face the fear. Be courageous. Our strength comes from knowing that we are loved. The joy of me being right with God. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And my courage is in acting the way God wants me to act. Doing what God wants me to do. Acting in the face of fear. If you're not born again, by the way, then the first step is accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. But I encourage you to get right with God and stay right with God. If fear is plaguing you, fear of, you know, in health, money, you know, crime, violence, afraid, you know, for, you know, if, if you're borrowing trouble and if you're afraid, I want to encourage you to, you know, give it to God. Find his word on it. Trust his word and act in faith. Be courageous and face the fear. Amen.